And welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something. And yes, my voice is a bit more self-consciously baritone because for one night only, we've been able to book ourselves a little podcast studio room here in Birmingham. And by we, I mean myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross. So you're either listening to us through very professional-sounding microphones or you're listening to us through our very distantly recording phones because we couldn't get the tech to work at all. Simon. Whilst we were enjoying each other's company, we decided we'd do a little mini run-through of itself, uh, in and of itself. We are talking uh, through the rest of these G1 Climax matches. So it's going to be a six days' worth of audio pleasure, hopefully. <laughs> Don't say pleasure and climax in the same sentence. Well, it's in the weird turn of phrase. Um <laughs> But Simon, what is our second match of the G1 Climax 2018 that we are covering and the first one in these lovely decked out studio walls? Uh, we are seeing uh, five-star mainstay Kenny Omega take on a newcomer in Hiroki Goto. It's a rematch of the 2016 final, the uh, weekend that was Omega's big coming out party as a main event perennial for New Japan for the next two years. Um, and it's funny as well that he did so at the expense of the great nearly man of wrestling. Goto, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Goto um, prior to this. I think actually this is my first Goto match I've watched. The thing that struck me the first um, was his hair. It's like mm. a, it's like very 80s, very Dr. Deffy. Yeah, I mean, it's not a mullet, but it's quite long yeah. for a New Japan wrestler. Well, outside of Tanahashi, I suppose. Tanahashi is an aberration. Tanahashi is a world unto himself. He takes up about five different haircuts at any one time. I see you've upgraded. I think Mm -hmm. the first time you used that reference, you said free. Well, the older you get, you're accumulating more haircuts as you go along. (laughs) That's true. Or the absolute opposite. You've got one haircut for the rest of your life. (laughs) Speaking to our fashion choices here. But But no, Goto seems to me like... um... A bit of it, like throughout. I'm um, basing this obviously off just the match <coughs> I've seen, but he seems like a bit of a bruiser, mm. um, but not as like renowned as like an Ishii or a Shibata in terms of his striking ability. He just does. He seems a shade below those. Well, the whole notion of Goto is that he's just a shade below the main event scene. He made his big return from his excursion, his learning excursion in 2008, and immediately won the very first G1 Climax he won. Uh, he wrestled. But that was essentially the the highlights of his career afterwards. He has challenged, I think they said in the commentary, eight times for the IWGP heavyweight title. Lost every single time. He never won another G1 Climax. The 2016 one with Kenny Omega is the only other time he reached the final. And that was essentially by the two sweetest words in the English language. Default, default, default. Um... So, and and what is so fascinating, actually, because we're going to watch another Goto match as well. I came out of these thinking, as a performer, he seems to be of the level expected of a New Japan main event. But it seems like his character is supposed to be that of someone who can't quite get it done. To elicit sympathy. And again, to have that kind of lack of ego that you're willing to be 
essentially portrayed as the Jimmy White of professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> a man known for his charisma. Um, uh, yeah, but you do need those people. Um, once, I can't remember the episode of Let Me Tell You Something, we had this conversation but when we were talking about Seamus, for example. Seamus isn't the guy that gets you the money. He's the guy who gets you the money works with. And Goto's... You need people like Seamus, like Goto. But Seamus himself got, like, what, five, six world title runs out of that run? He did. But... I know it's different in New Japan because they're a bit more disciplined with their title yeah. changes. But, you know... Yeah, it's not a it's not a true direct comparison, but it's that and the only parallel you could think of. When you mentioned, obviously, Goto winning uh, the 2008 G1 Climax and um, how he was like the nearly man, Dolph Ziggler came to mind, obviously, yeah, with his yeah, um, yeah. performance in that famous I suppose, Survivor yeah, Series match. Dolph Ziggler match. was probably his closest uh, comparison. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the story going in, essentially, is that Omega is dismissing Goto as not on his level at all. We already saw going into the Naito match that Kenny Omega's on cloud nine now. He's essentially proven to everyone that he's the best uh, by beating Okada. And this is almost to him, this almost feels like it's his lap of honour. Yeah. This G1 Climax. And he'll just go through every potential challenge and knock them all off, win the G1 Climax as well, and just keep on trucking. And he's already got that one behind him. Obviously, he's beaten Naito. So he's. Well, he's got. I think he's won another match in between there as well, possibly. I'm not sure. Actually, I think I'm wrong. Yeah. I think this is his second match. Yeah. But. but that's it. Like he's just added an extra layer to it. Obviously, he probably doesn't compare Naito to Okada, but it's still he still probably recognizes him as a decent f- level of threat, and he's beaten him as well. Yeah, yeah. So he basically is dismissive of Goto from the start by just paint brushing his hair uh, when they get in when he gets him in an arm ringer. Do you reckon that's envy? Uh, no, not really. Not with Omega's <laughs> hair. I mean, maybe he d- uh, is annoyed at the curls that he has to work with. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, yet his crusts. That was his. Uh, mm. Is that is it to make your hair go curly, weak crusts? Or to I have stop no idea. I can't remember. It's a case of Omega really thinking that he's above this, and and Goto essentially having to prove himself to Omega as the match goes on, to get more and more potential opportunity to win the match as it goes along. And very early on, uh, Omega is owning him, and he goes for his. There's an exchange, there's an attempt at finishes early on at the start. Like I said, there starts to be a G1 structure where they go for an early win if they can and then they have to settle down into the regular match. Well, it makes sense. Um, I don't think they do them now, what with the um, knowledge we have of CTE. But uh, there used to be like one night um, straight elimination knockout tournaments in boxing. I think it was called Prize Fighter or something like that. And you would see in the early matches, they would just full on Deontay Wilder every punch was a haymaker because the longer you're in there the more banged up you're going to be if you do get through Mm. and New Japan uses that quite often as a storytelling device to maybe like make take their top tier guys down a peg or two so they become beatable Uh, Tanahashi's a great example they always lean into his injury history because there's been so many of them so Omega's trying to hit his moves early like he knocks Goto out to the ring and he's almost immediately going for one of his planches and Goto's not that off yet so he, yeah. first he cuts off his Rise of the Terminator but then Omega knocks him back out to the outside hits him with a baseball slide that sends him into the crowd goes up for a springboard plunger and then you just suddenly see a chair flying into shots <laughs> I, I laughed possibly the loudest I've laughed doing this whole project when you just it's the way it's perfectly actually like not it's set up like you can sit on it 
yeah. as well, which is rare to see like someone throw a chair like that. And just the way it arcs, the way it catches up, like, this is beautiful. <laughs> it's like, I just can't quite get over just how of its perfect shot it is. It's akin to the shoe thrown at George W. Bush. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and then they go brawling out into the crowd, which is quite new for... Uh, this isn't a very common feature. A lot of the G1 Climaxes matches pretty much stay to the ring yeah. for the whole thing. Uh, that rhymes, and I didn't mean for it to. I mean, we've seen it in the... Uh, um, what are their names? It, why can I forget the names? We saw it in the Best of the Super Junior final, obviously, but that was more of a wacky... Uh, um, oh, Ishimori Takashi. Thank you. I, I can only remember his first name. Mm. That's what bothered me there. Um, but yeah, we've seen it in that, but they, they're like, well, Takahashi's a very wacky character, and Omega's... Wacky Takahashi. Oh, hey. uh, Omega's obviously a little bit hammy, but... yeah. It could just be his arrogance. He's like, well, I'm out here. I'm going to batter it. I, I, look, you know what? I could probably even like take a count out loss by accident, but I want to make a statement. Well, he makes that statement during the brawl by body slamming Goto onto the benches because that's all they get in that part of the Karakuen yeah. Hall. Um, it's funny, though, seeing those benches with the numbers attached to them. It, looked <laughs> like an, it looks like PE when you're getting ready to go out. <laughs> when you're like in year <laughs> six assembly and you're like, I can lord it over the peasants. I get a bench now. <laughs> Um, so the body slams him on the bench and, and then does a moonsault off the rail, which looks, it's actually not as dangerous as you thought it was initially, but it yeah. looks really spectacular. I mean, it's, it's weird cause it's got that, like, it's not very stable either. Like no. it's fair play to Omega's core strength, which obviously is phenomenal throughout what we've seen of him. Um, but yeah, taking that bump is like just fair play to you. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> So yeah, Omega's in full um, confidence and full control by that. There's not much that he has to do at this point to finish him off. So he then gets him up for Yuka. He hits the Kataro Crusher. Goto off when Goto tries to fire up during a strike exchange. Um, and... Have you noticed about... Sorry, because you are going to go into, obviously, his You Can't Escape move. Yeah, I'm yeah. cutting you off a little bit. He talks more when doing it. It's ne It's never like a quick snap. He's like... Uh, oh, here we go, because you can't escape and stuff like that. He's he's enjoying it. He's comfortable doing it more. He, he, you know, he's re basking, to quote Keith Lee, he's basking in his glory. Well, he has full right to, as we say, going in. He's the champ. He's against a, not someone who's on his level, you would have thought, with just achievements. But he did it a little bit in the Naito match and it's uh, as well. It, like, it just, it's one of those things I've noticed that he's just... Taking that hair longer. He's well, yeah, like I said, the whole more. thing about his character at this point is that it's essentially the arrogance of the Bullet Club era, Omega. Yeah. But he, he's got the proof in the pudding. You know, he's no more arrogant than Kazuchika Okada is. Yeah. Um, he's just enjoying it. Oh, the glasses it. are off now. <laughs> he's uh, about to say he's just enjoying it, and it's a great subtle way to amplify your arrogance, you know. There's, there's ways of doing it. Obviously, Okada obviously has its entrance. Omega's got his entrance, but... It's in the little details. Yeah. That's, that's what takes these wrestlers to the elite level, to pardon the pun. Yeah, so the story then becomes Goto willing himself back in. Because the whole idea of Goto is that he has the will to succeed, but maybe not quite. I don't know, the, the, the men, like there's a mental gap at some point that prevents him from reaching yeah. that final step. Because going in, I mean, this is a champion versus champion match, but it's the heavyweight champion against the never champion. Number one belt against... 
number three belts. Yeah, and he sort of gives it. Um, I think Omega at the start gives the belt a bit of a his um, yeah. Goto's belt a bit of a contemptuous look. He, he's not. He's like, what's that? Yeah, he's doing. He's giving a lot of big dick energy at that yeah. point, but big belt energy essentially. Like um, when you see a kid with the plastic one you get from Toys R Us walk into a fan where who's got the three hundred pound. Uh, yeah. 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 Is that a weird? Is that a weird personal memory or something? Uh, I do have a friend who has bought a uh, proper replica. Um, I wouldn't have paid what he paid. Yeah. What? What? Which one did he go for? Yeah, um, rock style WWE. The, the recent one. You know when Rock changed it from the spinner yeah. to that really big. So the garish. one before the current design. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So. So Kenny Omega thinks he's in full escape, but then Goto keeps fighting to get back in. He hits a side, he hits a good combo where he gets him into the corner, hits a spinning heel kick, and then follows up with the Saito suplex. Yeah, which is sort of a variant of that traditional back suplex that we always go with, but it's, it's essentially a side rotation. Yeah, instead. I, I, I've written it down as a side suplex, but it's not a straight side no. suplex. Not like a belly-to-back, it's sort of like a hybrid move, you're right. Yeah, and then when Kenny Omega later on goes for a springboard, Goto starts... So Goto just starts catching him out, and uh, he catches him when he's mid-springboard, turns it into his Yoshi Goroshi, his former finishing move, which is a fireman's carrot into the knees. I think Adam Cole does a similar move, doesn't he? I think he does. I think Adam yeah. Cole uses that as his setup move. Yeah. Before... I think he used it recently, but it was before his last shot. I can't remember, but yeah, I think Cole does use it. But yeah, it, 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 like I said, this whole match really follows the formula of back and forth, back and forth, uh, then big moves, and because it's the G1, it's possible that one will finish it, but they're probably both just looking for that finishing move at the end. Uh, probably the biggest stru- um, hit um, move was when um, Goto does a sunset flip Code red from the second row. Yeah. Oh, that was good because the crowd, you, they like Goto. You can tell. I mean, um, I think Japanese crowds really do love an underdog. Yeah. Um, in a way, I've you sort of see with Western crowds, but Western crowds just don't seem to buy into some. Well, I think because New Japan doesn't necessarily always go with the face heel dynamic, that they will more often than not sometimes cheer for the person, like you know. Okada's not a clear heel when he was fighting Shibata, but Shibata was the underdog. So yeah. similarly, when Okada in the most recent Tanahashi match was the clear top guy to Tanahashi, Tanahashi's who they're rooting for, but it's not like they're angry when Okada wins. Yeah, yeah. Just as when this match ends and it's Omega that wins, it's not the fans aren't angry about it, mm. even though they do seem to be rooting for Goto. Yeah, I just, I just love the way they do that. It's just a nice touch, I think, with Japanese wrestling crowds. They just because it's it means it's easier for you to, from a booking perspective, build up your guys in the future. If there's like a pre preloaded affinity, I don't want to say it's like a laziness, but it it's just a good atmosphere, yeah. a good environment for creativity that's created. As a creativity result. that's created, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ironically, I did not show my uh, linguistic creativity there. What I also love is that we see Ogoto use his old finishing move, which is one of my favourite f- moves, that for the longest time I wanted to see someone like Cesaro use or Jack Swagger back when he was there, I thought could have used it. But now it's uh, Sonya Deville that uses the move. 
where they get you up for the vertical suplex, the hanging vertical suplex, then they move their arm and shift it into essentially a Uranagi rock bottom slam. Yeah. I always thought that was a really cool... Uh, yeah, I could see why you'd want Cesaro to do that. Because that, he has the height as well. A great visual. Yeah. Matt Riddle, well, Matt Riddle's sort of doing the jackhammer now, mm. so <laughs> he knows what he's doing. It's the idea of Goto really giving Kenny a tougher match than he anticipated, and Kenny finally... To the point that when he goes for his GTR finisher, Omega is the one that's actually looking for a quick flash pin when he goes for a victory roll. Yeah. Uh, but then they do a strike exchange. Omega hits the V-trigger, follows it up with Awo Shoto. Oh, I don't know. I butchered that pronunciation. <laughs> oh, that's going to happen a lot, believe me. Yeah. Some of the ones we've got. Uh, that doesn't quite finish it off, so then it's kind of like all Japan days or the old days where it's, you know... Well, not just all Japan, but instead of it being what is usually the case with G1 Climaxes where it's a desperate rush for the finish... It is the one person that's able to finally break them down after a series of moves. He hits yeah. another V trigger into the ropes. That's usually the sign when the guy's on all fours and he charges into them and V triggers them into the ropes. Yeah. And then follows that up with the one winged angel for the three counts. Yeah. Uh, it's that one and obviously his one when they've got their face into the turnbuckle. Yeah. Those are the usually the two, like these V triggers mean something. Yeah. So that was a match. It was a very, 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 very good match, but I'm not going to go five stars for it personally. No, I, I'm not either. I've, I, it's it's very fun. I really enjoyed it, but it's just maybe Goto is just true to his character, unfortunately, and he's just not quite that. I mean, it's a, a bit of a uh, unfair criticism, but I don't know. I just didn't feel the charisma as much as I would with a Naito, a Tanahashi, a Okada, and maybe it does come down to what I was talking about with the um, you can't escape that very. Um, the addition that Omega's put onto that verbally, mm. it is the tiny details that separate you from the top table. Mm. And maybe Goto's just lacking there. And maybe that could be his actual mental block as opposed to just his character's mental block. Well, we'll be able to see very soon. Because, Si, what's our next episode going to be? Oh, I, I'm going to have so much fun with this. It is Hiroki Goto. He's staying in our rotation. And he's being joined by someone who's rapidly finding a place right next to Matanobu Fushi in my heart. Ah. Tomohiro Ishii. The Stone Pitbull. Well, that's something for you to look forward to. But until then, if people can get in touch with you, Simon, how? Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of 80s hair metal frontmen, at, um, pictures of which that Goto took to his barber for his haircut. Very good. My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Angel. N for No Winged Angel. That's Hands my... free. God, yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterbox. If you put that gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. But there's nothing left for us to say at this point, except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.